Welcome to Bible Center Church, and thank you so much for joining us on BC Podcast. Here's a message to encourage your heart this week. Well, good morning. It's already been an amazing morning. I love the perspective I get every once in a while, a rare while, to sit among you in the congregation and just be a part of the worship through singing. Um, Thank you to our teams for jumping in and and serving so well. Um, We are in an amazing, at an amazing day here at Bible Center Church. We've got some amazing things to celebrate in baptism. That picture of what God has done in the life of a believer is one of those things in a few moments we are going to celebrate. Another thing that we are in the midst of is a series and this, this glorious church that God has made for you and for me it, to be equipped to use what God has given us to do amazing things. And we're going to dive into that. Just as a refresher, a few weeks ago, Pastor Mike handed out some handouts. And I know today you're thinking, well, we didn't get a handout. We got one Lego piece coming through the doors. If you didn't get one, there's one at the doors for you. And I'm going to explain what that's about later. But Mike's a handout guy. I'm more of a let's pass out toys at the door kind of situation. So you can look up at the screen and also on your app, you can see there's a couple places for you to look at the spiritual gifts. And this is the handout Mike gave us. The spiritual gifts he covered for equipping the church. I'm gonna list off a few of those. Administration, apostleship, where it's where you start new things, craftsmanship, discernment, encouragement, evangelism, faith giving, helps, hospitality, intercession, and so on and so on. If you don't know what yours is, Um, Today's the day to figure that out, and look, if you just Google spiritual gifts test real quick and do that while I'm speaking, like, I'm not going to judge you. Like, we got to figure this stuff out so we can use these things together. So Mike set that up for us, the details of that, and John talked about some of that last week, and we're going to continue in those things from the book of Ephesians. We're going to start there, but we're going to spend the majority of our time in the book of Romans, So if you want to turn there, you kind of put your finger in there or slide over on your cell phone, you can go there. We're going to park most of the majority of the morning in Romans chapter 12. But to set the frame and to box everything into where we're headed today, I want to read Ephesians 4, 11 to 13, and then we'll take a little bit of a turn towards Romans. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 say this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach the unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God has given us gifts, and in this passage, this is the gifts Christ has given to the church. In a sense, um, it's not just a gift. He's graced us these things. So when we come to know Christ, God just doesn't say like, okay, you know me now, you're good to go. I'll see you later. No, he is invested in our life, how we live among one another and how we express Jesus to the world. And so he has given us gifts for us to use. And so that list helps us kind of hone in on what we're talking about. But my thing that I appreciate is when someone comes alongside me and and says like, okay, how do we do something? Right out of Bible college, 
um, I had an, an amazing job and it was super, super helpful to me. Um, I mean, you know, one week I'm at Appalachian Bible College and I'm, you know, we're talking full sentences and the theological discussions and I've graduated. Um, two weeks later, I'm in southwestern Virginia on a construction site and this guy hands me what I thought was a pickaxe, later found it's a mattock, it's for digging ditches. And I'm from Wisconsin, we have dirt up there. In southwestern Virginia, you might as well just be playing with clay. Like that's what it is. So I'm like, oh, this will be no big deal. Um, and I had to learn how to use the tools of the trade in construction, how to use air nailers and all these things safely. That's typically very helpful. But I needed someone to help me. Like, I knew all the information because in college, I worked at Sears. Now, Sears used to be a store where you could buy tools. I think it's still around, but not the same way. You used to go to the mall, you could buy tools, and then you could leave with tools. It's amazing. So I worked at Sears, and I knew all the proper names for the tools. I knew how to like, um, you know, find them, how, to, how they went together, but I didn't have the application of how do I actually use this thing? What do I do with this? And so the first day on the job site, this guy's like, hey, go get me the buzzsaw. I'm like, I'm pretty sure, I mean, not rocket science, I'm pretty sure they all do the buzzing sound. So I don't know. So I go and I get what we like to call the um, circular saw, because I'm like, well, that makes a buzzing sound. So I brought it to him. He's like, and I... He said no, but he's like, rrr, rrr, kind of like mumbled. I just wasn't used to it. And so he was upset with me. He made that very clear in his verbiage to me, not theological terms. And so I, I'm like, tried again. I'm like, so then I went, I got the jigsaw. It's the little one, it's got a little blade. I'm like, you know what? That makes a buzzing noise. So I took it to George. I'm like, here you go. And he starts getting more furious with me. Still can't understand what he's saying. Like, look, I grew up in America. He did too, but we cannot communicate. So I'm like, hey, man, like, I'm sorry. So finally, I go get what we call technically the reciprocating saw, a little bit bigger, longer blade. And he's like, finally, he's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, there's a lot. I'm sorry. I just apologized. <laughs> but I knew this day forward, someone asked for the buzz saw, <laughs> do not grab a circular saw. That's very bad form. Not very good etiquette on the construction site. I needed someone to help me, teach me how to use all the tools that I had at my disposal. I had every tool that I could have ever imagined in the, the Sears store, but I didn't know how to use them. And so George, this guy named Cowboy, we called him, and Dave, who drove a teal green Mustang, helped me learn how to use these tools so I could build houses with them. This morning, I want you to not just have the tools and the resources. You've been really well equipped from Pastor John and Pastor Mike as we've gone through the series I want you to know how now do we use these gifts? How do we implement them in the daily life? And Romans 12, one to eight, is really gonna help us with this. Now, if you're wanting to take like this super deep, deep dive into Romans 12, one to eight this morning, we are not going to accomplish that. But I would love to have that deep conversation with you at some point. This morning, we are going to go over the highlights of this passage so we can use what's in this passage to live on mission for Jesus. So let me read Romans 12, 8. We'll start right there in verse one. It says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. The first thing I want to give you in doing this idea of like using our gifts and making it happen is living with a transformed mindset. This idea of renewing your mind. In verses one and two, the apostle Paul changes his whole conversation with the word therefore. Everything in Romans to this point has led to this one little word that changes everything. He's built up all this amazing backstory about God's mercy and his goodness and all these different things he's done for us and how he's given us Jesus so we don't have to live into sin anymore. And he transitions the whole book saying, therefore, because of everything I've communicated to you, this is what I want you to do. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Having, living out a transformed mindset means that we choose to live a life of sacrifice. And that's not necessarily the most easy thing for a human to do. I think predominantly we can be very selfish from time to time. Um, if you're sitting around at home and, and someone needs something, you know, something, hey, when, I call it the, uh, the and one. When you get up from the couch, you're watching something and you're going up the stairs, like, oh, are you up? If someone says that, like, are you up? Hey, would you mind? Not always my, my disposition is always not to be like, oh, sure, I'll give you whatever you want. But it's like, hey, you're up, so why don't I inconvenience you? Like, I've done that too. It's like, oh, they're up. They're close to the refrigerator. Hey, um, I'm feeling a little snacky right now. Um, we have kids, so sometimes we use the snacky part instead of actual snack. So we have this tendency as humans to be selfish. That's why when we see this verse, it talks about this living, this life of unconditional sacrifice. We have to put ourselves in that position, and I love the fact that it's not just once and done. It, this, it's a, the idea in the original language is this is a continual piece of us following Jesus. We continually, day after day, push towards putting ourselves on the altar and being a living sacrifice. The problem with being a living sacrifice is sometimes we want to crawl off the altar. Like, we don't want to do that today. We don't, this person treated me unfairly. This person cheated me out of this. I was lied to. I don't want to be a living sacrifice to that person. But living with a mindset that is driven by humility and kindness is part of being a healthy believer. A transformed mindset means that it was one thing and now it's not that thing anymore. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Appropriate worship to God is being a living sacrifice. It's part of that, the mindset of I'm gonna live this way no matter what. Nothing is gonna deter me. And I like that word mindset better than mind because you can think like, oh, I'm thinking. That's, you know, I've made up my mind. But mindset is something that is continual. It's intentional and it's headed towards a specific direction. 
And when we know Christ, the direction we head in is to become more like our incredible Savior who's done so much for us. Verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to please, then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Romans, in this area, it, it represents the gospel through the union of Christ and through the indwelling of the power of the Holy Spirit. The believer's mind is renewed. The whole orientation of the believer's life is transformed. And the believer is not only able to discern the will of God, but he's also able to act in accordance with God's will. A great picture to help illustrate this is we get our term renewing of your mind, that new mind from the word metamorphosis. And so as you see in the screen behind me, um, I asked a graphic artist, like, don't get me like a gross picture of the caterpillar. Like, get me kind of a nice one. Because I typed a metamorphosis and there's like a lot of weird stuff up there. The caterpillar and the butterfly are not the same. It goes through an incredible, incredible change. And when it, there's this transformed by the renewing of your mind, this is the concept. The caterpillar can't fly and it just kind of rolls around real slow. Um, the butterfly is free, and it can move quickly, and it flies around. Like, it's, it's amazing, the difference. They don't have the same nature. They're very different. The butterfly can't fit in the mold of the caterpillar, and the caterpillar can't fit in the mold of the butterfly. When we come to know Christ, we talked about this, like what baptism represents. We come to know Christ, we don't have the old nature anymore. Sin, sure, tries to get in there and mess with us and put us down and, and distract us, but our position before God has changed. We are God's children. We're in his family. And if there's anything you hear from me this morning is God's not just waiting for you. He's not waiting for you to mess up and he's not frustrated with you, but he's giving you wide open spaces to use your gifts and abilities to live into a holy lifestyle of worship because you can do it through the power of, of the Holy Spirit, you can live the life God is calling you to be in Christ. It's not a maybe, it's not a, I don't know if I can, it's this, you can do this. You have the ability through the body of Christ being encouraging through the, God's word to live the life that God is calling you to. And so when we come to know him, we, don't, we are not shaped to the pattern and the sins in the, of, of the world. We are shaped into the newness of Jesus Christ and what, isn't that amazing that our nature is not stuck in the past? Our nature now is in Jesus, God's very son. We are co-heirs with him. And so we have life now and life forever with the God of the universe because he cares about us and wants us to live on mission for him. So living a transformed mindset begins by placing, as we see in Romans 12, 1 and 2, placing God first. Placing him first in our life. Secondly, we see this done by practicing selflessness. Verse three says, for by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure God has given you. Paul's emphasis in this context falls on the varying roles that each of us play in a believing community and the need for sound judgment about where one fits in the community in order to avoid being proud in the divisiveness that goes along with that. Having an appropriate view of ourselves allows us to be confident in who we are and value how God has created other people. 
when I think of myself rightly, that's when I can live the best way possible. Not in pride, not in I'm better than someone else, not even the other side of that is, well, I'm not good enough. God can't use me. I've done too many wrong things. Thinking of herself rightly is a healthy thing for the believer and having holy confidence is at the center of the gospel. It's be humble at the same time, be completely confident in the gospel of Christ in the testimony of what he has done, the death, burial, the resurrection, so that way we can tell the world and encourage one another that Jesus Christ is Lord. This allows us to use our gifts in a healthy way. So we've got that transformed mindset that's shaped by placing God first. It's shaped by practicing selflessness. It's also shaped by serving other people. It's this body of Christ. Verse four talks about these many members and they don't have the same function. Uh, I remember a few years ago, I was moving something in my garage and like you can just take things for granted, right? So I was reaching down and there's this, this like 100 year old piece of oak over, I'm not even sure what I was doing laying next to the wall, but um, I reached down and I got a splinter. And so like, if you don't know the sizes, there's like sliver and splinter. And those are like, I Googled it last night. Those are the only two options to describe, you know, a piece of wood like in your body. So um, you have those two options, but what's bigger than a splinter? And I couldn't find it, but it was bigger than a splinter. Like it went underneath my thumbnail. It was not good. Like I have a picture, not gonna show that because I don't want anybody passing out this morning, okay? We just don't wanna do that. Because some of you are like, oh my gosh, please don't show me. I'm not gonna do it. But I have the picture if you wanna see it. It's not pretty. And I took, but like I'm going along and I'm doing my own thing and one small little object underneath my fingernail completely brought a world of attention to my thumb. And like, that's all I could think about for the next few days. And it made me realize when that was gone, I, one of my friends pulled it out. When that was gone, I was like so much more peace. When one part of the body of Christ struggles, we feel it. And you may notice it right away, maybe on the surface and like a sliver, but it may be internal. We need to love and care for one another. And as a believer, if we have a transformed mindset, we are gonna be others focused and we're gonna care about what's going on around us. Trust me, I did not ignore that sliver. I got that thing taken care of that needed attention. Sometimes in the body of Christ, we need to give attention to certain places because they're hurting. You probably know someone right now who's struggling, who's hurting, who's having a hard time. And when we're, we have the right mindset and we're focused on other people, we can come alongside them and love them well. That's what we do as the body of Christ. We are connected. We try to understand how we work with one another so we can work well with each other. The body of Christ isn't made up of one person. It's made up of Christians. Here at our church, we who know Jesus make up this incredible team. There's uniqueness and intentional design. There are wildly different gifts and personalities, and that is a good thing. Sometimes the people that drive you crazy are exactly the people that you need in your life. I am not a detailed person. Like, I care, care about the details to a point, but, like, I'm not going to sit there through three hours and, like, listen to detail after detail. But there's others who care significantly about the details and every little piece and sometimes that drives me, to be perfectly honest, like sometimes it drives me crazy. I'm like, do we need to know this information? And then I remind myself, yes, we do. These are the people who keep you out of jail. Like they do a really good job on the taxes. Like they care about the details. 
Those people are very important. In the body of Christ, those who care for the details really matter. Those who lean to be emotional and sensitive and lean into the, the hurts of other people, that's important too. Learning to work with one another, to serve one another better is a main key for us as believers. We live out a transformed mindset by serving other people. <clears throat> so when you walked in, you received a Lego, one Lego. So the first point is living with a transformed mindset. Um, the second point revol revolves around this Lego. So here with me, I have something very special. It's a world of creativity and wonder and amazement, and this is a box of Legos. Like it's got that classic Lego sound to it. I gave you one Lego, and some of you probably walked in and just like, oh, they're, they're going cheap today. Only got one. What am I supposed to do with that? Well, we don't have all the spiritual gifts. We don't have every single one. We have one, two, like Bible doesn't say, you get this many and no more, but we at least have one. One of the important things for you and for me is it's not enough just to have a transformed mindset. It's not enough to know stuff. It's not enough to sit there and soak it all in and have it all and walk to our cars and go home and do nothing with it. See, when, we're, when we think about spiritual gifts, God gives those things to us. He, over in the abundance of his love and kindness, graces us these things, and so we have one. So if I said, hey, here's your Lego, I want you to go off into the Northwoods over there. I want you to build something with it and come back in an hour. You'd be like, <laughs> like yeah, I know, like, that's ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, what, what can I do with one Lego? And you're right. You can't do much with it. And that's the point. You cannot do one much with this one tiny Lego. Now, it's significant. Look, if you ever stepped on one of these things, you know the significance of a Lego, all right? Like, they're very important, but they need to be placed together. This is a brand new box of Legos, and it's amazing. But if I let it sit here in our church for the next, it was gonna get ready to celebrate 80 years as a church. If I let it sit for the next 80 years, it, this is actually, in a sense, worthless, it wasn't designed to stay in the packaging. Trust me, the packaging is designed for you to rip it open, the pieces to go everywhere. I've got a five-year-old, I know how that works. Um, it's designed to be open, it's designed to be played with, it's designed to be connected with other pieces intentionally. In Christ, we've been given a gift. We've been given a gift to use it to bless and encourage other people. And it's best used with others. Actually, it can really only be used in context, in concert with other people. That one Lego is not going to go far. But when we come together and we are intentional together, we can make some amazing things. So I asked um, some of my friends to build something for me. Like, I'm like, hey, build something church-related for me, and I'll come back like in an hour. And so this is what they, uh, they built. They built a church, and um, there's, like, the top view is my favorite. And there's, um, I don't know that that's me in there, but I think they really tried. And you might be thinking, well, that's not impressive. But, <laughs> but 
it's way more impressive than this, right? The point of the gifts that God has given us isn't to build something perfect. I knew that they were going to build something perfect because I gave them an unrealistic time, and then I uh, didn't give them any direction. The first question to me was, so um, what are the instructions? And there's two types of people in, the, in this world, I'm convinced. There's the people who follow the Lego instructions, and then there's me. I'm like, I don't need those. I want to build something else anyway. Um, and you know who you are, right? My brother is a, we have to build it and leave it alone because that's how it was designed. And I'm like, let's just rip it apart and put them all together and make something huge. Both are important, but I asked them to build something that I knew was going to be imperfect, but they, I wanted them to build something on purpose. As a body of Christ, when we, at our, on our best days, I feel like that's what it looks like before God. But when God looks at that, he looks at that and he's like, aha, my people are using their gifts. The thing I've given them, this, they're using that one piece by themselves, but they're bringing it together with others to make something incredible, to make something more than they could have made on their own in isolation. That's the, the next point for us is taking action. How do I use my gifts? How can I live this life that God has called me to live well, the next step for you and for me is to not know more. It's to do something. It's to take a softer way to say it is to take the next step that God's calling you into to build together in the body of Christ. And there's some ways that we've given you that you can do that in the ministries of Bible Center Church. Like we've, we have so many places for you to jump in and discover what God has gifted you with. And you might be hesitant this morning, like, I don't know, do they really need me? Yes, we really need you. More than that, whether we need you or not, I don't, I'm gonna fly a lot higher than that. God has given you something incredibly special in that gift. He has graced you with that. And when we think anything less of that, that's not good for us. We need to realize that is special and it's meant for us to come together as the body of Jesus Christ, and to use it, to dispense it. What would it have looked like if Jesus just held back and he's like, you know what, I'm not going all in with these people. Like, we wouldn't be going to heaven. But God dispensed his best. He gave us his best. He gave us Jesus, and Jesus lived in the fullness that God had called him to, and he saved us. And now we have the Holy Spirit inside of us to use these gifts to love one another. Loving others is... It's one of the main core things that goes alongside of humility when we're using our gifts. This idea that you shouldn't think more highly of yourselves than you ought to. That we should put the needs of others before our own. This right view of all these things is summarized in, in two pieces that go along with action. And that's humility in Christ and love for other people. When humility and love fuel us using our gifts as a church, amazing things happen. This church was started because people said, you know what, things aren't the way they should be, and we want to start a church that equips people to, to love God and love others well. And it's been going for a long time. But guess what? Those people, many, many of those people are not here anymore. And so we are it. Like in the time of life where we are right now, God is calling you and me to love like the people in this room really, really well. Everybody in this room is like, well, maybe not that person. No, that person too. 
He's calling us to love one another really well through, and he tells us how, through using our gifts. And if you're thinking, well, I want more details, I will give you all the rest of the details that I have from this passage. And that picks up in verse six. Verses six to eight. Tell us how we should do these things. It's verse six, we have different gifts, and I love that. Hey, you're different, that's okay. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with the faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. There isn't a detailed, bulleted, step-by-step Lego instruction attached to that. And sometimes that's frustrating. Sometimes it can be really frustrating. But I want to encourage you, the response that we have from the Apostle Paul is if you have a gift, then use it. Maybe you don't know what your spiritual gift is this morning. And if that's the case, you you can go on our website. There's a spiritual gift test you can take. You can talk to one of us on staff and we can point you in the right direction. Like we want you to know it so you can use it. If you know, have an idea, an inkling of your spiritual gift, then take it. And my encouragement to you is build something messy. Build something messy. Do something. Taking action is obedience. I feel so many times we, we come in and we come out and we can just go on our merry way and not think about like how, how has God wired me to do what I need to do for the body of Christ? Like how am I supposed to live? And the great thing is we have some clear instructions on how to live. The, the specific what do we do moment by moment is the thing that's challenging. So for you, it may look like maybe it's te- a gift of yours is teaching. It doesn't mean that you might be downstairs in front of the kids. It may be coming alongside. I had a, um, a, a younger lady today say, I just wish like an older lady would come and help me grow in my faith in Jesus. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're like, I feel like I've been around and I want to offer some encouragement to someone. Well, I would love to figure out how that works. Maybe it's encouragement. Maybe you're good with your words. And that comes naturally the point of using these gifts is to use them together as a church, the local body of Bible Center Church coming together to use these things to do something incredible for the cause of Jesus Christ. I think it's important that you and I both recognize the fact that not only is it our responsibility, but it's our way of showing love um, so many times I see like incredible people who have amazing gifts talk themselves out of doing something. But what would it look like for you? Like imagine with me, what would it look like for you and for us if we all just said, you know what, like I am, no matter what, like I'm just gonna spend this thing. Our church, we would feel the transformation in our church so soon. And what I don't want any of us to miss out on is living out the living sacrifice that we're called to be in this moment in life. God's given us this moment to live in the fullness that he's called us. And we're not alone. We're we're here together. So we need to come together to use what God has given us so we can do something amazing. And when the body of Christ 
shows up, when everyone comes in and says, hey, we're gonna do this thing together, it is an unstoppable force because it's centered in love, centered in humility, it's got this right mindset, and it is completely unstoppable. The church has survived so many, so many incredibly hard moments. We can not only survive this moment together, but we can thrive and grow into the fullness that God has called us. And what I don't want you to do is to miss out on the beauty and the fulfillment of living out what God has called us to do, to love others really, really, really well. I want you to know that I'm praying for you and for our church. I want us to be found living in that obedience to Christ in these moments together. As we close this morning, um, I thought about, for me, um, one thing growing up was I just didn't have a lot of, um, a lot of just confidence. And I promised myself one day that like, I'm never gonna get in front of people and talk, and I'm definitely never gonna be a preacher. So you can see who won on that. Um, <laughs> right after that, uh, I was thinking those things because there was a, an opportunity to speak that came up in our youth group. I'm like, I'm not doing that. That's, there's no way. My youth pastor came to me and he's basically like, so you're doing that, right? He was ex-military and ex-special forces. And I'm not a rocket scientist, but like I did a simple equation on that one. And I'm like, I just don't know that I can survive saying no to this guy because I didn't know him real well. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, he's like, hey, you're doing that, right? I'm gonna, we're gonna meet together at this time on Tuesday and uh, we're gonna go over that. And like, I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm like walking out. Like, I don't have to ever think about that again. He's like tapping on the shoulder. He says that to me. And I'm, the only thing that came out of my mouth was, yeah, that sounds great. I'm like, and I just lied to him, lied to God, lied to myself, because that did not sound great. <laughs> but he saw something in me I didn't see in myself. And he spoke some truth to me, which sometimes I struggle to say to myself. And it's like, you know what? I, it's like, yeah, I'll do it. That one moment, like I remember that today. That was a long time ago. That one moment I remember someone took time out of the day to say something to me that I needed to hear. And that's such a, such a small thing. But that, that, along with other things, shaped my life. I want you to hear me say to you today, use what God has given you because you can and you're equipped to do it. Can I pray for us? God, I'm so thankful for your kindness and I'm so thankful for your love. Thank you for allowing us to be able to come together as a church and to be encouraged. And um, I love that you're with us when we think about these gifts that you've given us. We don't have to be afraid to use them. We don't have to be um, anxious about using them, but we just need to take that next necessary step, take that next action in, in following you and in trying something. I pray that you would help us live into those things, that we would be found obedient, but that in our obedience that we would find blessing and encouragement and joy. I ask that you would help us in these moments together to live out what you've called us to do with just this relentless pursuit of loving you and other people around us. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. For more information, visit us at BibleCenterChurch.com and give us a follow on all platforms at Bible Center.